Hi and welcome to the Psyche Podcast where we discuss all things mindset, mental well-being and living your best life. I'm your host Hannah and I'm a mindset and mental well-being coach and founder of Psyche Coaching. Welcome and we hope you enjoy the show. Hi everyone and welcome back to the Psyche Podcast. I hope you found last week's episode useful where we were talking about changing habits and the resistance that you maybe face from people around you and thinking about being aware of that, making sense of that. How was everyone's week? Mine has been quite busy, but I have finished my four weeks of clean eating paleo. I got through it, not quite 100%, but at a level that I feel is sustainable for the long term. So There were little adjustments that I made that then made it sustainable, I guess. And today has been the first day, this is Monday when I'm recording this, today has been the first day when I'm not technically following this um, paleo part of the paleo challenge. And I've still mostly stuck to it and been making healthier choices, using more vegetables, drinking more water. So other things that I added in or cut down on. So I've cut down my caffeine to, I had three cups today, two or three cups, which is a lot less than I was drinking before. So a lot of those changes I feel are more embedded. They are hopefully more sustainable than when I've done challenges like this before. And I think the big thing is that my headspace this time has been about nurturing myself and looking after myself and making changes that are going to last not it's not been about deprivation it's not been about weight loss although that is something that is a side effect (laughs) added bonus for for health reasons something that that you know is necessary for me but mostly my focus has been on making nurturing choices and really fueling my body and I found it really good actually I, I maybe occasionally have have found that I wanted something that I shouldn't have but on the whole I've been eating things that I enjoy I've enjoyed preparing food more I've really savored my food and I feel really good for it I feel less bloated I feel I have more energy so yeah I feel like it's been a good experience and something that I'm going to continue with so I feel like hopefully that is a habit that has changed and it's that shift in mindset I think that's made that possible and as I've said before I think that when you approach things like this like healthy eating like exercise from a point of view of nurturing your body and a point of view of loving yourself or liking yourself if if that's too much of a stretch for you at the moment I think it's much easier to maintain in that headspace than if you are doing it from one or feeling negative about yourself. So that finished on Sunday and I also spent about four hours at the gym doing um, a special day event or morning event, kind of a benchmarking to see where we're at on all the different lifts and activities that we do in CrossFit. And a lot of them are based on a proportion of body weight for different lifts and looking at some of them 
with my body weight and I just thought I can't do that <laughs> there's no way I can lift that weight and actually I really surprised myself on some of them lifting a lot more than I thought was possible just by approaching it from a place of curiosity I guess just giving it a go and seeing where that limit is so you know there were some things I had to had to try and lift a weight like 50 kilos and I was thinking I can't I can't lift that one and yeah for a couple I managed to go way above that uh, there were some that I knew what I could and couldn't do and I was correct um yeah but for some of them I I surprised myself so rather than just not trying because I didn't think it was possible I maybe went in with some ideas of what I thought was possible but I just kept adding a little bit of weight on each time to see where the limit actually was and and surprise myself so that was quite a nice end to the weekend um and a good a good place for going forward and, and deciding what to work on to further build my strengths and to work on the areas that I'm not so strong at and so obviously that's a fitness level but I think also it's applicable to the rest of your life as well to think about you might have ideas about what is possible for you but if you approach things with curiosity and just see how far you get see what you're capable of and see what goes well what your strengths are what to work on and I think it is important obviously we want to work on our weaknesses so that they are less of a weakness but I think it is also important to appreciate your strengths and to play to your strengths at times so yeah that was my that was my weekend and I'm really excited to share this episode it was very very fun to record with Hannah Hassler and she'll introduce herself in a moment um, but I really really hope you enjoy this conversation it's a lot about creativity it does have a bit of a, a work focus but also lots of stuff that is applicable to your life in general um, we get into education, which seems to be a topic that comes up quite a lot on the podcast, but it is one of the many things I'm passionate about. So that's obviously why. So I really hope you enjoy this conversation with Hannah. So let's dive in. Hi, everyone. I'm really excited to be joined today by another Hannah. <laughs> so hopefully it won't get too confusing. So Hannah, if you'd like to introduce yourself to the listeners. Perfect. Yeah. So I'm Hannah Hassler uh, and I am in Arizona and I'm a multi-passionate entrepreneur in the online world. So big shout out to Marie Forleo for, for making that a real, <laughs> a legitimate feeling way to be. Uh, so I have lots of interests. Um, my kind of money making venture per se is as a copywriter and I got my start as a virtual assistant transitioned over into copywriting and so that's what I'm doing full-time from home which I really love and then I also have some some personal pursuits with a blog and a podcast that are about a kind of perception and I am currently getting my master's degree in psychology from Saybrook so a few a few different uh pots on the fire <laughs> amazing how are you finding the master's absolutely loving it. I was a little concerned at first because I was like, oh, everyone else is going to know like 
exactly what they're doing. And I don't necessarily know exactly what I'm doing with it. I just feel very called to get it. And I love education. So it's in psychology with an emphasis on creative studies. And I'm just loving it so much. Like all of this, like reading and just really in-depth work on creativity and how it manifests and what it is and in how we use it in life and in business and personally, like it's, it's so inspiring for me. And as I'm kind of, um, I'm actually in the midst of kind of transitioning away from like copywriting and kind of more service uh, providing and into a, a little bit of a different vein that's really about using creativity to re-envision your niche and your online business and your role and really, um, really doing that using creativity. So it's it's been a very nice uh, compliment to what I'm trying to do. It's amazing. I, I mean, I have a master's in psychology and I've taught psychology uh, to, um, I guess for you, it'd be like high school, like the end okay. of high school. And I love psychology, but I've not really delved much into creativity in psychology. I mean, creativity is something um, I think I've mentioned before on the podcast that, you know, when you're a child, you create stuff in your mind all the time. You paint, you explore. I mean, I used to make up songs and dances with my sister (laughs) um, and I learned the piano. And then we just say to a piano teacher, look at this I've composed. And we had it. (laughs) (laughs) You're so creative when you're young and then I feel that for a lot of people as you get older you lose it because you know you have to be however you think you have to be in the world mm-hmm. to, to get by and I think we lose touch and I definitely feel myself that desire to get back to some kind of creativity mm-hmm. in my life so I'm super interested in that and and talking about it a bit more so what do you what do you do with creativity how do you, you know, work with people or can you tell us a bit about that Yeah. So kind of have like two directions going with that right now. So one is with a partner that I actually, we did the virtual assisting program together last year. And since then I really have developed into copywriting and she developed into actual like website design. And so we are partnering together with a kind of endeavor that's designed for um, entrepreneurs who really want to more creatively explore their niche. So we're right now our kind of working title is the niching playground and it's just all about like different creative practices different ways that we can really reconceptualize because we've both you know worked with a lot of entrepreneurs and and online business owners and you see so much of like everyone's doing the same thing in terms of okay we need our landing page we need our signature offer we're gonna have our three-month group coaching program I need a blog I need a podcast I need an email sequence you know and there's nothing wrong with any of those things you know I have a blog and a podcast so great stuff you know um obviously we're here together on a podcast um so like as standalone things there's nothing wrong with them but it's just kind of like People feel like, oh, this is what needs to be done, right? I'm going to check the boxes. I'm doing what you're supposed to do. And it's created a lot of like, everybody's doing the same thing. (laughs) You know, you put your own name on it, but it's the same processes, the same systems. And I think that the online world went from a place of like high creativity to a place of like, oh, I want to create something. I'm going to stock my favorite people on Instagram. I'm going to make a Pinterest board of inspiration. I'm going to do, you know, everything that that the successful people have told me to do. And like it, in in many ways, it's really diminished our, our creative ability to be like, no, I'm going to 
reconceptualize this. And so that with my partner, Madeline, who's wonderful, um, we're, we're kind of working on that creative, the niching playground idea um, and hoping to launch that in a few months. And I'm very excited about it. Um, and then, and that's more of a, a group style program. And then on a more personal level, um, I'm working, what I'm working on is more about expansive niching. So this idea of once you're within a niche, people can be scared of it. It can feel like a box or it can become very cookie cutter, right? I'm going to check the boxes and this is what the people in my niche are doing. This is what it means to be a health coach. This is what it means to be a life coach. And so then we do the things that we feel obligated to do. So on a more personal level, I want to just be able to work one-on-one with people who really want to explore expansive creativity and how much bigger things could be if we just gave ourselves some space to imagine them in a bigger way. Hmm. I think that's really interesting, that idea of there's so much now of people working online and, and trying to, to break into that, that it does feel very much like this is what you do this and then you do this mm-hmm. and then you do this. And I mean, so much of what I see is about people like, oh, if you want to be a six figure a month coach or whatever this is, <laughs> what you have to do. And, and it's not about actually really coaching people. It's kind of coaching coaches to yes. get a lot of money that seems to be what I see and my email inbox now is clogged up with people selling me stuff to improve my coaching and telling me how to do my email funnel or whatever Mm -hmm. and a couple of weeks ago I just took a step back and I was like do you know what I don't really care about (laughs) creating an email funnel like maybe that's how a lot of people sell stuff but to me that just like I don't buy anything from those emails they just start to irritate me so Mm -hmm. I don't want that because for me that just doesn't feel authentic for where I'm coming from and it might mean that I don't sell much of (laughs) coaching but yeah it just feels like that like you say that prescriptive way of this is how you do it that people maybe just go along because it's tried and tested rather than stepping back and thinking like well why am I doing that and does it make sense for me and personally I don't know what my my way is going to look like (laughs) but it'll be something Yes. Oh, I love that. And I think like giving yourself creative space and like, you know, trying some some different creative methods of really conceptualizing your own because I think what will happen to people is they they have that sense of like ah like this is too much or this is obnoxious or like but then at the end of the day like that's what we see again and again and again and it starts to feel like you know we kind of cave in a little bit and like well I guess that's what you need to do and so then all of a sudden we find ourselves building our email sequence and our you know like doing all of those things just because it feels like you know this is what everyone's doing and then to your point also like I definitely think like coaches coaching coaches is going to become a problem like it's not going to be sustainable at some point um yeah (laughs) yeah and I suppose it it's maybe place to why people are getting into coaching and if it's just oh I could be a coach and earn a lot of money and Mm -hmm. I can to coach and if if the money is that is the focal point then maybe it's great to sell your you know tried and trusted way of getting lots of clients that's not why I'm doing whatever I'm doing in this arena. That's not my motivation. And it would be nice to have some money, but you know, I just want to be comfortable enough financially and actually work with people who would benefit from it and who would really need it. And I think sometimes I'm not saying that coaches aren't worth what they charge, but I think sometimes the prices that you know coaches charge and what people who would really benefit from it can afford there's this real mismatch yeah. isn't there it's very I think it, you know top coaches can be quite elite 
I guess, that you mm-hmm. need a ridiculous amount of money to work with someone. And and I just think for me, that's not where I'm coming from. And other people might be coming from that place and that's absolutely fine. But I think it is about finding your niche, isn't it? It's about finding what works for you and and creating that. So I think that niche playground sounds like <laughs> yeah. play creativity and play. I mean, that sounds super exciting. <laughs> Yes, yes, it's been so fun. Like when we talk about it, we're just like, ah, oh, there's so much like joy here. And because we had initially talked about doing a program that was about your landing page. And, you know, I'm a copywriter and she's a designer and like helping people. But at the end of the day, we just felt like, ugh, like it just feels like, you know, this regurgitation of like, you know, what if instead of making it about perfecting your landing page for your ideal client, we like just went a little further back and like, gosh let's just talk about creatively what does it look like for you to have this business and be in this niche and express yourself and reach people and what if it doesn't have to look like you know following the steps everyone else is doing and I don't want to look like I'm like shooting down systems per se I mean like I respect them there's a place for them you know I don't think you have to recreate the wheel and like every you know every breath you breathe has to be inspired um but I think it's more about let's creatively envision what you want and then you can pick and choose from existing tools and strategies and like, Oh, this works really well. This might be a good fit for you, but it's you choosing a piece of something versus you following the 10 steps to becoming the six figure, you know, and and like starting to just go through the motions, which I think is, is important. Yeah, absolutely. And I really like that you used joy there because that is one of my buzzwords. (laughs) (laughs) about joy and about trying to um, appreciate little moments of joy during the day and because I I think we focus a lot on happiness and I don't know I've got weird feelings about happiness because I think that tends to be seen as more like a permanent thing whereas joy we can get those fleeting moments of joy which could be the same with happiness but I just think to me it feels like that's more living in the moment and just appreciating those little moments that come up that all together create a life something some kind of philosophy like that so <laughs> joy, joy is something I talk about a lot so I um, love it yeah no, <laughs> which actually brings me nicely to my next question uh, which is what always boosts your mood or what brings you joy Oh, man. So like my short list would definitely be my dogs, two dogs that I just uh, love. And, you know, whether we like go for a long walk together or we just all cuddle on the couch, like I'll frequently like uh, say to my husband, like, because we'll be on the couch and then the one dog likes to be between us and then the other one likes to lay on my side and we'll be there. And I'm like, this is my happy spot. Look at us all on the couch, you know. <laughs> um, what type of dog? Yeah, so the older one is a Weimaraner, and okay. the younger one is like a lab pit bull. Nobody really knows. He got picked up off the streets, but we—they're both um, adopted dogs, um, and just like um, the sweetest. <laughs> yeah, we have a rescue Staffy, and he's a big sappy. <laughs> yeah, I, I can definitely relate to that happy place. I think having a pet and a particular dog because I think. They're so loving, aren't they? And when you get home and they're so pleased to see you, I mean, even if you've had a bad day, that yes. for me definitely is like, oh, someone, someone loves me, someone's pleased to see me. 
<laughs> yes. Yep. Completely unconditional, yeah. just like enthusiasm and love. And yep. So definitely. Yeah. And, and, yeah, and he's got a great smile. Like always smiling. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Our exactly. younger ones, uh, especially he is. Um, and it's funny because he is, so like I said, he probably has a little bit of pickle in him. And then he's also brindle, which is that black and brown striping yeah. pattern. Um, and so people, um, and that tends to be more typical to a pit bull coloring than anything else. Um, and so people can be a bit like wary of him sometimes. And it's just like, oh, it makes me sad because he's the biggest baby. Like he wants to be loved and to love everyone. He like believes in his heart. He's a lap dog. He like crawls into my lap. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, so definitely precious. That sounds a lot like ours. And again, people can be wary of him. And he's not interested then people may go out unless they have food yeah um, <laughs> yeah sometimes see people yeah a bit wary and it's like he just, he's not interested in you you yes. know um, <laughs> he's doing wild he's happy um but yeah sorry I, I heard dogs got excited carry on <laughs> yes yeah oh no so yeah dogs definitely at the top and then I mean like a long hot bath uh reading a book mm -hmm. like you know just those small things dark chocolate a lighted candle <laughs> just things that kind of like bring me back I think to, like a tangible like pleasure and in the moment and just help me kind of take a deep breath and just kind of release whatever is disrupting me <laughs> amazing I definitely echo the the nice hot bath and yeah a yes. book and I quite a cup of tea or even occasionally not very often but like an alcoholic drink in the bath sometimes is a nice mm. unwind um yes yeah I think there are yeah what was I, I was listening to something this morning on a, a podcast and they were talking about goddess time and oh. someone like a male health coach was saying to all the women in his life about having that time just almost like in your feminine or just having a hot bath we because we can spend so much time in that doing mode and um you know, out working and, and doing everything which is quite a masculine energy and I definitely feel that because I'm quite driven and, and quite fiery I guess I'm a Leo so <laughs> maybe why and and I sometimes feel that I'm yeah a bit disconnected from that and so he was saying that having a hot bath regularly and just mm. being and like no technology maybe a book and just being is goddess time and I quite quite like that idea so, yes oh yeah. and I love the like I like the idea of not bringing technology because often like I'll it'll be like oh you know I'm just gonna have my phone on the side of the tub in case you know who what kind of emergencies I don't know what I'm encasing but you know you just have it there and sometimes like a nice relaxing bath can turn into and then I like mindlessly scrolled on my phone for 30 minutes <laughs> Um, and yeah. not that that's always the worst, but like I, it's also not ideal, at least to me. And I think probably I know I enjoy them and I relax more if I don't get on my phone. And and when you say that, I'm just like, just don't bring it with you, and then you won't get on it. <laughs> yeah, oh I'm, goodness. I, I sometimes take my phone, but for music, I don't tend to be on my phone because I'm just paranoid that I'll drop it. Oh yes. <laughs> <In the glass. laughs> Bye bye phone. <laughs> so I don't tend to do that, but I do sometimes have music, which I think if it's out of reach for the music, mm -hmm. maybe that's okay because you can then still 
unwind, can't you? Because yeah. you're not really looking at it. I'm out of bubble. I know, right? This is making me think, oh, I know what my evening is going to be. <laughs> <laughs> so what makes life meaningful for you? Oh, man. Well, I definitely have found both personally and business-wise that that I do need to feel that I'm like somehow giving back or, or serving in a sense. Um, and I did this why discovery process, which is uh, Dr. Gary Sanchez and the Y Institute. Um, it's kind of an assessment that you take and it um, he has kind of nine whys with these big categories and about what kind of drive you, right? Why you essentially are the way you are. Um, and mine was contribute, which I 100% was like, yes, like I did it. And I was like, yes. I, um, and so this sense of like being able to contribute, you know, whether that's something tangible or an act of service or, you know, creative insight, whatever it is, um, that adds huge amounts of meaning to my life in, in many ways and is definitely very essential to me. And then on the flip side of that, I've found that kind of autonomy and I guess maybe being able to freely contribute <laughs> is also very key. Um, I used to be a teacher, a public school teacher um, in Texas. And definitely you're contributing constantly <laughs> as a teacher. Um, but there was so much pressure and stress and obligation and, you know, so many kind of narratives around, you know, good teachers. Good teachers come early and good teachers stay late and good teachers go to the basketball games and the football games and the soccer games and they tutor after school. You know, like good teachers contribute constantly. But there was this like sense of obligation with it that it just wasn't life and meaningful for me. It exhausted me. I got very burnt out. And so with that, what I kind of recognized was like, yes, contributing is very important to me. But when it comes from a place of obligation, or now this is who you have to be within this role, I will continue to give and give and give and give, but it exhausts me. And so I need kind of the autonomy to feel that I'm choosing to contribute and I'm choosing to give for it to actually be meaningful to me. Yeah, I, I can definitely relate with teaching and how how exhausting it can be. I taught for four and a half years and then taken a a year or so out and then last term I went back into teaching part-time which was way better than teaching part-time but even that just out drained by it because like you say it's that expectation and I find my background was in special education and okay. the young people I always worked with were amazing but the system is not set up for them <laughs> and then I went into a mainstream school and there are things that were happening that you just kind of think well, that doesn't work <laughs> a lot of children or any of them but it's, it's the way the system is and I find that so demoralizing because you're just up against something that you you want to be there for the young people but the whole system and all the bureaucracy yeah. is just against you so I am exploring other ways of contribution because yeah I've just found I'm like you very much about contribution and autonomy um mm. maybe it's the Hannah thing I don't know <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> education psychology I don't know but I think that's really important, isn't it? That I guess ownership, because mm. even if contribution is important to you, if you're contributing the way someone tells you to, it's almost not coming from you. So maybe it doesn't feel as, I don't know, authentic or as, do you know what I mean? That kind of. Yeah, it's like a, a, it's a bit forced, you know, or um, like I think what I'm contributing in a way that feels good for me is just like this open handed flow 
And maybe it's because it's coming from I'm filled and I'm giving out of that. And when you're contributing from a place of like this is forced or an expectation, it may be that sometimes I'm filled and it can still feel good. But oftentimes it's like I'm drained. I'm empty. I hardly have that. You know, it's like giving away money when you can't pay your rent. <laughs> you know, where it's like yeah. I don't even have it for me, but like here to everyone else. And I, I guess it, yeah, feels a bit like that. <laughs> yeah. I think that's a really good analogy because actually I think that is how teaching feels sometimes, isn't it? That you have to give so much to other people, but if you then don't have the space and the time to fill yourself back up, you're just giving and giving and giving and it doesn't feel good because there isn't anything for you to nurture yourself or or to look after yourself. And so it can be really hard to feel like a good teacher, I think, in those moments because you don't feel if you can feel like you're just going through the motions or just doing what you're supposed to do rather than feeling like you're really showing up for anyone yes <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh, teaching <laughs> <laughs> yeah you do a lot of episodes about teaching and it's funny because uh, um I I didn't know that you had also been a teacher but on um on my podcast I primarily have interviewed female entrepreneurs and there's been a solid handful of them that like oh and, and, oh yeah they have a teaching background too and then have transitioned because it's it yeah. takes so much out of you <laughs> um and I yeah. I don't know if if some of it is like, oh man, you just have to be a, a certain type of person to like, I, my next door teacher used to always say to me, Miss Hassler, you care too much. <laughs> Cause I would come over and, you know, like, I'm tired. I'm like, I'm stressing about this. I'm stressing about this. Like, the, you know, like the systems, the, the way things are set up, but like, I'm feeling so. And he didn't have the level of stress and tension that I had in teaching. And like, you know, he was able to just remove himself a little more. And like, I've done the best I can. And that was enough. Like, and like, I just couldn't pull myself out. of. It's like, I'm, I'm giving it's more and more and more and more. And so, you know, I don't know if some of it, particular personalities, it fits better. But I also know a lot of teachers that it's just like, they may still be teaching, but they're tired in teaching Mm -hmm. and it is that level of like the expectation to just give and give and give and give so yeah I definitely think there are there are a lot of concerns in the field of education I think in a lot Mm -hmm. of countries you know I mean of course we we've had different experiences and you in the UK and me in America but (laughs) very similar experiences in many ways also so it's an interesting topic because I've had a couple of podcast episodes with people without a teaching background but we've still managed to get into education so <laughs> to talk about the education system. So it's I mean, it is a big deal, isn't it? Because the young people, you know, it's is helping to shape who they are and what they become. Mm. So it's such a different thing. So I think, yeah, I, I don't know that I've interviewed anyone with a teaching background, but definitely we've talked about education. So. Yes, yes. So we've, I guess we've kind of touched on mental wellness a little bit and teachers and how difficult that is um, so that's one of my other maybe my niche if you will mental well-being mental wellness mm-hmm. so my next question is what does mental wellness mean to you and how do you look after your own mental well-being yeah so in my life mental wellness I kind of it pertains to feeling very centered and peaceful within my own self as well as feeling empowered to use my own voice I think like to me those things kind of go together like I've I've had times in my life where I've internally felt like I was maybe in a good place but also felt very like restricted and shut down externally particularly as a teacher (laughs) 
Um, <laughs> where and you know, finding where it's like, even if I've like done the work to reach a good internal place, if I feel like I can't use my voice or my voice is not going to be accepted or received, I can't. I like I don't feel fully well. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. You know, and and from other places, it's like, man, even if you can use your voice all day, if things are off internally. there's not a reward. It doesn't give you a sense of fullness and empowerment so much as just kind of, you know, shouting into the wind because you're kind of off center yourself. So kind of combining the external and internal experiences of being centered and being at peace, and then also being able to contribute again in a, in a meaningful way, I think to me is kind of the two sides of the coin. Mm. And I think that, um, you know, you can see that contribution is, is a big thing for you because that makes life meaningful, but also that tied to mental well-being, that if you are not doing that thing that is one of your whys, then, yeah, you get that sense of, I mean, I'm just talking from my own experience here because it's one of my big things that if I'm not feeling like I'm contributing in some way, I just don't feel like I'm really living, I guess, that I'm not being... Mm-hmm true to myself I'm not doing what I'm supposed to or you know or whatever I just don't I feel like something's off if I'm not doing that so I guess that's where it fits into well-being you can't feel I can't feel well if I'm not living out my why I guess yes yep that makes total sense (laughs) (laughs) so my next question my other big thing is I've got seen lots of big things that are coming out (laughs) is mindset I think, you know, it's such a big thing, the way we think about things, our perspectives, mm, yes. the way we view things can really shape so much, so much of our lives. So this is the question that people find quite tricky. So just a heads up <laughs> is, <laughs> is to describe your mindset. Oh, man. Well, <laughs> there's um, ideal, right? And then there's less than ideal. So uh, of course, a a bit of a spectrum there. Um, Ideally, when I'm, you know, really operating from a place of strength, and I'm feeling really good about where I'm at, um, my mindset is very much attached to um, a sense of power, specifically um, the power I have to reframe what's happening around me, to reframe my perceptions of what's happening around me, and to have choices in how I interact with that and how I engage with people, with situations, with my own internal dramas. <laughs> um, and then when things go, uh, you know, a bit off the rails for me, I feel like I, I'm just more reacting. I'm feeling a bit victimized. I'm feeling, you know, this is happening and that's happening and uh, everything's crazy inside of me and just kind of like living like moment to moment within it, feeling very frazzled and frenetic and just, you know, like, oh, what can be done? <laughs> um, and and so that's where, mm-hmm. you know, kind of with that mental wellness piece, like doing what I need to do, which often for me is like getting off of technology doing yoga, doing journaling, taking a hot bath, meditating, like just breathing. <laughs> um, I, I tend to hold so much like in my physical body, like I just will like tighten up like nothing else. And that's always a sign to me like, okay, you're losing your own sense of power and agency and like really starting to succumb to, um, you know, these different messages or pressures or, or voices, what have you that are that are not serving you well. And so just taking those steps back and then finding ways to reenter in, in a more empowered way that feels good for me. Hmm. What I really like um, about what you did there was you kind of gave the ideal and then 
the the not so ideal <laughs> and I think but that's a really important thing that um, or a skill I guess of being able to recognize when you're not in a in a I was gonna say good then but not necessarily good but not in the best mm-hmm. mindset and being able to check in with yourself and see where you're at and also then being able to check in with your body and where you're holding tension or if you're holding tension and knowing what to do and I think sometimes we can be so out of, of touch really with our own mindset mm-hmm. and what's that's that's fantastic to be able to to have the two so you can kind of see where you are on that spectrum and then recognize that and then be able to do something if if your mindset isn't where you would ideally like it to be so I think that's really powerful yes thank you you. yes yeah I love um I've found that like thinking of things as scales has been very helpful to me I think um the way that I grew up and even some of my personality tendencies can tend toward very like black and white, like polarities kind of like it's all A or it's all B like, you know, like, and I, like I can tend towards that as if like everything is like two very separate distinct things and I'm one or the other. And so kind of like reframing or re-envisioning most of life as being more of a sliding scale and being able to identify within that where I am. And when I was in counseling, one of the things that I had worked on a lot was kind of about my own voice and not minimizing my own self, right? The, the recognition that a lot of me feeling voiceless and empowered wasn't anyone saying like Hannah you can't speak it was me being like no I shouldn't say anything no that would be disruptive no you know like I was the one who had like disempowered myself and then went around feeling disempowered and voiceless just because that's the role I created for myself and then I continued to like live it and feel bad about it (laughs) um but the the scale that we kind of created for that with a one being like, you know, Hannah curled up in the corner feeling in this little box to like the flip side, which <laughs> I envision as um, Lady Gaga in that meat dress that she wore years yeah. ago. <laughs> you know, and like it wasn't a matter of like I'm trying to reach that. It was just like here's two extremes. Mm. How would I like to live in the middle of those? I don't want to be a one. I don't really want to be a 10. Like I, I'm not trying to reach extremes. I think Hannah would feel really good as like a six or a seven. Mm-hmm. So kind of assessing myself on like, you know, and, and I've never assessed myself and thought, oh wow, I'm a 10. <laughs> you know, like that, that doesn't tend to be my my strength or tendency. Often I assess myself and find, oh, I'm kind of reverting towards being a two or a three. Like I'm kind of starting to close the lid on the box a little bit, but I have the power to be like, I'm not doing that. I'm not going to do that to myself. I'm not going to believe that I don't deserve to speak. I'm going to open that lid back up. I'm going to move my way back towards a healthy place for me. So the the scale concept has been wonderful in my life and in many areas. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, amazing visual thing mm-hmm. for someone. I'm just I'm just imagining turning up to work as a ten. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, seeing how people react to that. Yes. Um, yeah. Um, I'm also wondering about the, because I think that's probably quite a common thing that we silence our voice. And I wonder whether there is a a particular reason that you identified for yourself, because I think sometimes we have that fear tied to people pleasing and worrying about people's perceptions of us and how people interpret what we say. And I know for myself, a lot of my not using my voice is 
because of that people pleasing thing. Um, so I wonder whether if you've identified any, if you want to share, you don't have to, if there are any particular reasons why you were kind of silencing yourself, if you like. Yes. So definitely I resonate with the people pleasing situation. Um, you know, I think that growing up and through my, you know, kind of early twenties, I, I kind of perceive conflict as like one of the worst things that could happen. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. And so a lot of, a lot of being silent or voicing opinions and thoughts that were more about minimizing conflict rather than like expressing myself per se, <laughs> um, were a big part of what I was doing. And, mm -hmm. you know, I think some of that was fear of how I was going to be perceived or thought of. Uh, a lot of it was very self-protective in the sense of afraid of maybe being having opinions that may not be received well or saying things that not everyone was going to agree with and then imagining all of this backlash I was going to have to be dealing with and I mean the honest truth mm -hmm. is it's not like most of my opinions are like so extreme or polarizing that there would have really been that much backlash but like in my mind just kind of building it up as like oh expressing yourself equals creating tension and issues that I don't want anyone else to have to deal with. Um, and then honestly, there, there definitely was kind of a control component to it in terms mm -hmm. of if you express your authentic self, other people are choosing whether they like you or don't like you based on who you really are as a person. And that can feel quite frightening. Whereas if you mm -hmm. conceal who you really are and you just present a different version of yourself, there can be a bit of a sense of, well, whether you liked me or not, I never even showed you who I was. Ha <laughs> if, if that makes sense. Um, so does. kind of, yeah. yeah, like hiding my true self to protect it and then feeling like, well, most people like me because I go along with them. I avoid conflict. I patch everything over. And then the people who may not be my biggest fans, I have the control of knowing I never showed you who I was. So what you don't like isn't even me anyways, you know. But then, of course, on the flip side, the Hannah that people like was also not real. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so then you're kind of living in this world you've created where you can't be who you actually are because of a fear of disruption, fear of conflict, fear of being vulnerable, fear that people who liked you in the past for being a peacemaker and being agreeable and being conflict free wouldn't like the version of you who has more of your own opinions and more of your own voice. Mm -hmm. So, you know, kind of if, if you have created a bit of a shell or a box for yourself based on being voiceless, I think in, in my experience, one of the scariest things about starting to be more expressive and more authentic and having a voice really was attached to like, how is that going to change my relationships with other people, right? My family, my friends, these places that I feel that I've belonged. And then you have to start to question how much of my belonging was attached to this false sense of me that I've presented to everyone and how much belonging am I going to potentially lose by being different than who I've been in the past? Um, you know, and in my own experience, it's resulted in very little loss and very profound gains, <laughs> Um, mm -hmm. 
belonging matters so much more when you feel that you belong because you are your authentic self versus this constant sense of being an imposter. And like, I belong here because I'm playing a role I created that I thought would make me fit in. Mm -hmm. So, you know, yes, there may be some losses, but I think, gosh, loss is based on the fact that I can't be who I am around you those are positive losses in the sense that then it's probably good that I'm not around you as much. Um, You know, you're losing the image of me that you wanted me to be. And I'm losing an obligation to be a fake person. So it's kind of like a win, win, you know, it, it, it can be hard and painful, but I think that for most people, the relationships that you form based on being really authentic to who you are, are much more meaningful and have much more strength than relationships based on being who you thought people wanted you to be. Mm. I suppose if you're able to show up as yourself authentically and people accept that, then you have that feeling of being really seen. Yes. I think is such a powerful feeling, isn't it? And I think some of you think if you've put yourself in a box, then we we put people in boxes, even if we like to think that we don't, you know, (laughs) of of what you what people are like and so everyone else has put you in a box and I suppose if you're breaking out of that box for the people around you they have to readjust to that and I suppose it's whether they're willing to change the box yeah or not like you say if they're not willing to change the box and they're like no this is who you are then yeah they're not accepting you as who you are and seeing you as who you are and I just think if they're if they're someone who loves you and cares about you then then they should love you as who you are and want you to grow or blossom or be yourself. And if they don't, if they want to keep you in that little box, then that's about them. It's not about you. And I just think yes. friends and my family, I want them to to be themselves. I want them to grow. And if that means that I have to adjust how I see them, fine, because yeah. they're being themselves. So, yeah. so that takes us nicely, I guess, into um, a question. I So I like to leave people with some tips some strategies the things that they can put in place in their life that you know will have a massive impact so I ask our guests to leave between one and three strategies of things that you would suggest um, and I think there's already been a load of great suggestions <laughs> throughout that for people which um which is fab but if you could condense it or or give one to three tips oh boy um <laughs> Let's see, in terms of kind of a business entrepreneurship, one of my biggest tips around that is to make decisions and then move forward. (laughs) So stop like cycling back from them and don't let basic decisions like be your stumbling blocks all of the time. Um, So that would be my business advice, Um, both personally and business uh, and business wise, I would say, um, you know, be be open to creative possibility. Sometimes that means identifying the boxes we're in that we haven't even, you know, kind of recognized for ourselves, Um, you know, sitting down with our businesses or in our lives and looking at what are the things that I'm doing, because that kind of makes up a lot of your life, what you actually do. And, you know, how do those fit into it? Why am I doing it? Is it just because like everybody does it? Is it because it feels so good to me and my business? So I think that would be a huge tip. And then just, just personally, I would say develop a practice of checking in with yourself and being responsive to what you find right? Like it's one thing to check in and be like, oh, wow, I'm really tense. I'm under a lot of stress. 
but I have a huge to-do list, so I'm powering through and just, you know, like (laughs) kind of making your own self feel unheard. So checking in, and if you find, gosh, I'm not in a good place, find some sort of margin space to do something positive for yourself. That means five minutes of meditation or two minutes sitting outside, breathing fresh air. You know, it doesn't have to be like, whole day is a spa day. (laughs) You know, like we can't do that, but, but check in with yourself and find a way, even if it's a two minute way to be responsive to what you actually learn. Mm, Yeah. And I think that checking in is something. And, and I think the key thing you said there was not just checking in, but doing something with that. So when you Mm. check in and things aren't right, not just going, oh, well, (laughs) never mind. Because I think even if you stop and just take five deep breaths, that has a massive impact but I think we quite often just stop and it doesn't need to be a huge amount of time just to get a bit of centering I think because what you said mm-hmm. earlier that centering and, and grounding a little bit and yeah I think that's what I'm going to take away about not just recognizing but doing something with that awareness oh I love that oh I'm so glad awesome so how can people connect with you if they want to find out more about what you do you on social media Yes. So I, I do have a website, which is Rorschach, your reality, uh, coming from the, the Rorschach ink blots idea. Um, and then also Instagram, which is at Rorschach, your reality. As I kind of mentioned at the beginning, I'm a bit in the process of transitioning into this, the niching playground, the expansive niching and, and creativity. So I'm kind of building a new site and a social presence off of that. So um, I can always shoot you an email in the future if you want to potentially update the <laughs> the link in the show yeah. notes. Yeah, yes, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I was going to say we can definitely put a link in the, the show notes to your current projects. And then, yeah, live please do share and then we can update then I am I think definitely gonna have a bath later (laughs) yes me too (laughs) and uh think about creativity and yeah I feel I feel in a way from this that it's almost validated my uh not fitting in the mold for other coaches and being like you know what I'm gonna go and it will probably be fine but you know it'll be more authentic and hopefully more (laughs) more creative so but also yeah I might get a bit crafty or um do something creative in that way so I, I feel quite inspired ah, for that. So. I'm so glad thank you so much it's been so fun talking to you and really interesting to um yeah to, to hear lots of similarities I think so um with interests and and approaches maybe it's a Hannah thing I don't know but <laughs> it's been a lot of fun so thank you so so much um for coming on the podcast thank you so much for having me hannah (laughs) and have a good rest of your day it's early early over there yes yes it is i will and you enjoy your day also so that's everything for this episode we hope you've enjoyed everything that's been talked about today And we would love to carry on this discussion. So please feel free to tweet us your views, your thoughts, any questions you have for future episodes. Um, And we're on all social media platforms. So feel free to follow us wherever you go for your social media fix. And uh, we will be back next week with more interesting topics and discussions. 
If you've enjoyed this podcast, please do share it with your family and friends or anyone that you think would benefit from it. And please rate and review wherever you've downloaded it from so it can reach more people. We hope you have an awesome week and we're looking forward to chatting to you again next week. Bye.